Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Kicking Butt Podcast. Today I'm joined by John Ellis. Hello John. Hi Brad, how are you doing? I'm good man, how are you? I'm very good indeed. Thank you very much for coming in today. It's a pleasure, it's a pleasure. I'm already uh, totally impressed by what you've got going on. It's all good. Thanks John. Um, sure. And of course, we have the return of, of the, the Mac. Mac. Come on. Oh, <laughs> nice. You lied to me. We didn't even plan that. Nice. <laughs> of course, we have Kirk McElhenney. Mac attack. Hey, man, are you okay? I'm good, bro. It's good to have you here, man. Yeah, it's nice, your new little setup. Yeah, of course, you, you were last here when we were in the, in the garage. Yeah. Just need a bed and a fridge and that's it. You've done it, haven't you? Well, what it, the fridge was, uh, was on the list of things to buy, but we spent too much money, so... When we actually start making some money, we'll get a fridge. Yeah. But yeah. It's cool, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. Good to have you. But do you say a bed? Do you say a bed? You don't have to move anywhere then, do you? You got a (laughs) gaff then, don't you? You know what I mean? You're sorted. No letterbox, you're right. Yeah, that's true. We we do technically have a letterbox as well, actually. So we've kind of got it all, really. And a kitchen. It works. You know. But you got a bed and you're not coming here to DOS. Yeah, just come here from home and then just get straight into bed. You could do a podcast <laughs> from your bed, couldn't you? You could, well, you could actually. Yeah. Very chill. Maybe not a video in. one, just an audio one. Top to tail. Yeah. You down there, me up here. Four in a bed. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. So, um, John, for the people at home that don't know who you are, this song's getting in my bloody way. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you yeah, do? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um... Well, where did he come from? Yeah. <laughs> what have you been doing? I've uh, I've been doing music, you know, for a living for like over thirty years. So, um, but I started, um, uh, grew up in Middleton, like North Manchester, uh, and we had a piano in the house and everything like that, and uh, got had a mess about, and started messing about that. Got a few lessons, um, just the very basic classical stuff. You know, I, I had that. I definitely had that. That, that, that me, mum, and dad were uh, not pushing, but you know, they're kind of like, "Come on, this is going to go for you." Piano lesson. You know, yeah. at, that, at that age, I was about eight. He's just like, "Okay, whatever." It's just a bit of excitement. It's like yeah. getting me out of the house. I used to go to Oldham Coliseum. It's like ancient Victorian building. I remember, we used to have to wait in this like uh, reading room. It was like proper. Quiet. Victorian, you know, those reading chairs with the where the oh, like a wing box, yeah, sort of thing. yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's like it's probably not changed since I don't know, yeah, Victorian times. It felt like that, so that was good. I I do appreciate that now for the for the. I always say about the piano, you need the, you need to get to know the geography of it, you know, because you have got these black and white notes. It's not like a guitar where you can just move up and down. And yeah, it's got the same shapes. Once you've got one shape, you can sort of adapt it. Every key's got a different uh, bunch of shapes. That's what it is. So the scales and arpeggios and and the scales they they all helped. <clears throat> it's good to have that basic grounding in what a piano does and how it sounds. You know the arpeggios is basically chords. You know later on getting yeah, yeah. chords. And then I I just started playing all the instruments. That there's a there's a really good education music education in manchester which i always credit with just giving me the buzz for music you know because i wasn't didn't really like school that much you know secondary school anyway i was all right i was pretty good you know i could do the i could do it sort of thing yeah didn't really float me boat uh and it started going to these saturday morning because i was playing the clarinet and saxophones by then i went to this saturday morning thing in moston where you have like bands, you know, like uh, concert bands, they call it. It's like it's an orchestra. It used to do all kinds of music, some orchestral music, but with a big ensemble, you know, it's like brass instruments. Uh, no, just no strings, but all the rest of it. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay, but yeah. with percussion and all the rest of it and uh, big sound. How old were First started going there when I was about uh, nine, ten, I think, ten, Saturday morning. And, you know, I'll never forget that, that's for sure. You know, that just the first time I got in this concert band, is like, so you got a lot of, probably about like 50 kids. And I was on that third clarinet and I couldn't play hardly any of it. You know, it's you know, it like looking at it, it's like, fuck, you know, like this, it seemed to be going so fast. So yeah, then yeah. it just be, pl- I just play the odd note and I boop, 
and then I just as long as I could follow it after a bit, yeah, and yeah. I would just start to fill in more and more notes. So about like the fifth, sixth week, I was putting in some more notes. Eventually, I could play the whole part. And then once you play the part, then you move up. You, if you get if you're in there long enough, you move up to second clarinet. And anyway, anyway, I ended up being like lead clarinet of this band. Oh. But the first time that I was there, uh, just the buzz of hearing them play together. Mm. Uh, they played this piece and just like, wow, you know, it just, it was just overwhelming. Just, uh, music. You still hear it now? You know, just inside, just this kind of, you know, and I really, yeah, I think that's really hooked me in ever, ever since I always say I, I'm almost part of a, uh, a religion of ecstasy. Do you know what I mean? Not the, not the, not the ecstasy tablets. But just, uh, uh, yeah. I'm going, you know, you kind of go in for that. That's, it's like a, it's like a direct communication with something, uh, yeah, divine this. really, yeah. or whatever yeah. you want to call I it. I got that, man. And, uh, from that moment that really hooked me in. It was like, especially cause I grew up like Catholic community in Middleton. It's a beautiful community and it wasn't heavy. It wasn't, it wasn't like monks and nuns. Like there's a few, a couple of. You know, more fire and brimstone people, but avoided them. Yeah, that's true. But but I had that background, but the music was like uh, was the real stuff. Yeah. So it's yeah. actually once I started getting the music, I started to move away from the church in a way. Right. You know okay. what I mean, because uh, because they had the thing with confirmation, you had in the Catholic thing, which is like when you're about thirteen or something, the bishop comes and he anoints you. He puts, you know, does the oil. Oh uh, yeah. You know, go yeah, to yeah. the altar and and, and they, they were selling it in this in the school, you know, they're preparing for it. They're selling it like something's gonna happen. You're gonna the idea is that that's this is where the spirit lands in you for good and then you're like a sort of almost like an adult in the church kind of thing then. Right. Um confirmation, yeah. It's like they're equating it with the like the Holy Spirit coming to the apostles kind of and then then they go out into the world and and tell everyone and tell everyone story, like, oh, there's, a, there's a kind of thing in it but yeah it's like a lot of all these things the layers and layers it ends up just being a facade of something it's yeah. got no you know if you bury if you go mine right into it that's what i always say about the church it's like it's like the mcdonald's of spirituality you know what i mean it's like like there is some there is some nutrition in it yeah but it's so minuscule and it's filled with so much shit that is going to harm you that in the end you better steer and clear you know yeah man. Okay, anyway man. they told me something was going to happen that's the thing they they, they were making out you're going to get the toys. so I'm, I'm thinking i'm going to feel something you know i was actually anticipating okay let's see what happens here what's going to happen when the bishop comes and does all this yeah. and of course well i say of course maybe it does for some people but it didn't happen for me nothing happened but at the same time with the music plenty was happening you know yeah yeah so that uh that's where i was going and then after that it was just trying to uh sort of persuade i had to there's a period where i had to sort of uh blag my way around my parents to sort of because they wanted me to go to university but from that point on really i was uh, music was going to be it you know Mm. and then you know you other things i went went busking uh, on market, used to go busking on Market Street on my own, and then you know you, people were giving me money. What on the guitar? On the sax. On the sax, just you with the yeah, sax. Yeah, and then I played. Room. I played the guitar as well. I used to play the the guitar with Mark Nixon. Me and him used to go busking on Market Street. But then you then you realise also you're not going to starve. Okay. Yeah. So this yeah. is the bottom line. You're already, you're already <laughs> building it up. Literally building it up from the bottom. I'm not going to starve. Okay. And also what the busking did was. You're on Market Street, all these people running around like oh, frenetic in the in the especially in the lunch hour, you know, or with like quite a lot of them with like furrowed brows, not that happy. You know, they don't look like they're in a, a in a happy job. Mm. And so it's also I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, you know, and I don't and I'm not gonna starve. So that's a good starting point. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just build yeah, it up from yeah. there. That's really what I did. And, nice, and this is where I am today. So you obviously you <laughs> just jump straight Get to Get a bit closer. Oh, is the mic is it a little bit in the way? To the left. Oh, to is it the that right. is it the top bit that's getting in the way? Step it up. Step it up. How about there? 
Yeah. Is that all right, James? Okay. James will sort it out. Okay. Anyway, but it's fine. So yeah, so you're 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 a teenager. You know that music's your your thing. So what's yeah? What's kind of what was like the next step then? Where did you, where did you end up going from there? Then? Uh, I. My friend had a band, his older brothers had a band. This is Matt Nixon who started Matt and Fred's. His, oh, right, his okay. older brothers had a band. Uh, and then his older brothers sort of grew up, moved away, and we sort of co-opted the band. That was one of the first bands that I was in of my own. And then I sort of co-opted that sort of thing and made it sort of my own, really, and I started writing stuff for it. Is that your big band? No, no, that's way before that. What was the band called, John? Uh, it was called uh, when we jo- when it was his brother's band. It was called Bozo's Jazz Seller. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, not not that nice, but that was the name. <laughs> we, that was what it was called. But um, and then we had a, we called it Money Jungle. We had a band called Money Jungle, and then uh, wow, this, yeah, it's great. And I I just started to get some gigs with other Manchester musicians people wanted me to play with them right so i was playing at, and th- that early period i met what i remember about that it was that was my first most of the things and it's been like that ever since i had to go to south manchester that's where the action was right you know north manchester i found later on i when i first moved out of my house my mum and dad's house i got a flat in crumsel and that was great. At the time, there was like a proper bohemia sort of thing and Crumsall, just off Crumsall Lane. It was low. Everybody was, it was really young, you know, didn't know what we were doing, but yeah. people writing songs, some poetry, uh, songwriters, just all artists, you know, all really young. You know, there's a few people there that I'm thinking of uh, that are still doing it. There's a guy there, Brian Glancy, who was like, it became the sort of uh, that elbow thing, El seldom seen kid. That was him. Mm. He died quite. He's uh, died quite young. He had a heroin problem. You knew him. I did know him. Yeah. So uh, that's an example. I'm just here of someone that was around that scene. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. got got known. Unfortunately, got known after he passed away. Really. Yeah. Um, but but now in North Manchester, yeah, there's not there's hardly a. It's a bit of a sort of cultural desert. It's ripe for something, definitely, because like Cheetah Mill, there's so many different nationalities and stuff there. Yeah, definitely. I'm waiting for something to come out of Cheetah Mill. There's a bit of sort of, I mean, there's like the yard, isn't there? That's kind of. Well, I've been supporting them as much as I can, yeah. Yeah, so what, what sort of stuff do you do? there because I, I know I, I know joe quite well oh uh, that's what you're thinking about the the pod i think it might that is that what you're thinking i don't I, know i just whenever i go there and speak to joe she always bring she always brought up your name i did a, i did a at the end of last year um you know there was not a lot going on and i they'd be trying to get me to do something there for like i don't know before way before covid right they wanted me and they were always saying they were wanting me to do like a sort of jules holland show kind of thing Oh, right. Okay. Um, to present it, you know, and I was like, I don't want it. that's not me, you know, and I didn't want it to be. They would, they kept doing that. It's like, it's like your show. You want to call like the, you know, they were trying to get me, you know, it, I don't think it was ever going to work properly because I don't think I, I ever really wanted that, you know, yeah. you, I would have had to have wanted that. But I did give it a go. <laughs> uh, from like October, and it was good. It was good. I would, but I, then I got a lot, a lot busier. As soon as January kicked in, yeah, of course. But um, I did about two or three shows with them, where I was doing that. In a way, it was a good. It was I was sort of using it as a test for me to sort of see how much, uh, how little of a shit I could give. You know, being on camera. Do you know in, in yeah, a sense in, in, a, a, in a sort of vanity way into sort of break through that. You know, worrying about oh, how am I coming across? Yeah, how, yeah. How natural can yeah, I be? Bollocks to all that. Exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. But you know, I, I, in the past, I've always been very sort of camera shy and um, just not really yeah. been a bit sort of intimidated by that sort of thing when I was younger. Do you know what I mean? When I yeah, I get that, man. I mean, I was like that when when we started this podcast. It was an, an idea for like I think we were going to do like a Movember thing. We're like, right, we'll do this. We we'll get different artists on. Yeah. I remember chatting with James and then they're like, right, we need someone to host it. And James was like, you're going to do it. I was like, am I fuck going to do it? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just like, just threw, I just threw myself into it and you just like, 
I think it is. I think you just have to give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? You have to yeah, be yeah. genuine, don't you? Otherwise, yeah. it's just. Yeah. Like... And you know when it's you know when you when you're ready to leap into anything like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, so well. I think that's a brave thing, and I think it's to me it's a sort of necessary thing if you want to grow, is you have to have the capacity to recognize when it's the right time to jump beyond your comfort zone yeah you know yeah. if you never jump beyond your comfort zone you're not really going to grow and you know and i've always i have always done that i have always you know there's a couple of like tours that i've done in, in my life you know where i've just jumped into the unknown I just jumped right. in, I'm into this music i've never done this kind of thing i'm just That's awesome, jumping in this van with people going to go around the world it, god knows what it's going to be like so what Let's what see. sort of like what what sort of artists and stuff was was that weird? Well, when, when, well, 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 yeah. when uh, that sort of thing, when I've jumped into yeah. something unknown, I did this really good uh, tour, like nineteen ninety nine, of this guy DJ Vadim, and he had this band, the Russian Percussion. So it's like a hip hop. So we went all around Europe, Eastern Europe as well. Right. So it was. So I was the uh, playing live keys and like the bass line. We had two DJs. Who were providing some of the rhythm, the drums. They had a beatboxer, Killer Keller, who's like quite got quite famous. And then uh, an MC, brilliant as one, one of my, I really made a good friend. There's a, a guy from Washington okay. called James. He was Blue Rum. So I learned a lot on that, you know, because I hadn't really been a in the, in the hip hop thing because my thing had always been live music, you know, and playing and uh, you know soul and jazz and rock and whatever yeah uh, and the hip-hop thing it's like oh that's just playing records you know what i mean and and you know you know words on top of it but i really i kind of got into the vadim with his music but it, it was um yeah it was a leap into the unknown it was like and i i really felt uh grateful you know after mm. uh, after i'd done it you know, because especially going around Eastern Europe, you know, it really showed me that what it was really getting into the hip hop. I mean, even the the guys that we were on tour with, they they also they'd come from like the original sort of mostly London hip hop scene. But when it was proper, they'd felt it as a it wasn't the bullshit kind of you know bling and hose kind yeah, of yeah. thing that the record industry made it into they got into it because it was real and it really felt like something in a community based really mm. um and then to go around eastern europe you felt what it meant to people all these kids you know and there'd always be the artwork that was with it and the and the dancing uh, and just this culture so mm. i recognized it for what it was then as a church almost like like jazz yeah but yeah. like a younger version you know like anything drum and bass you know, they, they form these kind of, it's a, it's a community situation, you know. So, but yeah, I, I didn't, I learned about the background of hip hop and everything from just being in the van with them, them playing tunes constantly oh, cool. in the van. Yeah, and yeah. it's great, you know, because you're feeling their enthusiasm. But yeah, that was a, a definitely a leap. Yeah, so every now and again, cool. it's good to do something like that. Yeah, definitely, man. So... What sort of stuff are you up to these days, then? Um, well, I've I've got the the studio in uh, in Middleton, Limefield. So, um, I start. I tried to. I've been making albums and and music with people there for over fifteen years now. Yeah, um, and I tried to sort of get a label thing going, probably about um, ten years ago. Right, but I I found that it was just too much to do as one person. You know to what was required to get a label going. You know, just communicating with people like this. In fact, you know, yeah. like things like this, or just following up. People get send you an email, following it up, following up opportunities, um, keeping uh, keeping the ball up. That's yeah. what I would say because it's about momentum. You know. I found that when I was on my own, it was just impossible because at the same time to fund my yeah, existence, I was team. having, yeah, I was having to do gigs and stuff, you know, that was, that was my life of earning money that way. Mm. Um, 
Um, so as a musician, then, you know, you're going off and playing and doing a festival or whatever. And you, uh, you know, I can't do anything without being totally absorbed in it. That's kind of what I do, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you're in a, you're traveling somewhere and then you, so you, your mind is off the, <laughs> off the tra trajectory of what, if you've got another thing, if you're trying to launch a business, basically, aren't you? You're trying to launch something. Yeah. Uh, I just ended up dropping the ball too many times. You know, I've, I've realized that since, so so now I've, I've restarted that, that's the point. And a friend of mine who, I'm, who I'd made an album with, became friends really when we were doing that, John Haycock, this lad from Salford who plays the Cora. It's like an African yeah, instrument. Yeah, I saw some videos of him. I think maybe it was on the line field. I've seen, does he play in like Piccadilly and stuff yeah, like he does, that? Yeah, I've seen them around. Yeah. And uh, his teacher plays in Piccadilly. Jolly is African. Yeah, guy. I had to listen to his. He's like got like a little EP out, isn't it? Yeah. Called what is it? Bit oh, what it's called? Uh, so I've got a blue album in word. a bloopy mood. It's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah I really enjoyed it. Man. Yeah. So did you record that with him? With them? We we rec I, I'm not sure if we did, if we did record that in right. mind, but the, but we put it out on Limefield. It's a vinyl. It's a seven inch. Oh, cool. Uh, nice. But we've done an album together, uh, which is completely finished. We're just waiting for the vinyl to be, you know, it's like another two and a half months before they'll finally deliver it because there's a massive queue at the minute. Anybody course, who's yeah. trying to get vinyl done knows that. Um, so he's, in, in talking to him about how we were going to get this album out that we'd worked on, uh, he suggested, what about just releasing it from through Limefield as well? And I was saying, well, I kind of stopped doing that. I put that on ice, you know, about eight, nine years ago. Mm. And he's, uh, you know, and I said, what well, I couldn't do it on my own. And, and, you know, what I'd always been looking for is someone at the sort of front end of it. That's what I always was saying. Any self-employed person could do with this, which is just someone who's on the laptop yeah. a couple of days a week. Just having that conversation with the outside world, you know, because uh, what had happened eight years ago, I just told myself, okay, I'm just going to make the pie, as I, call, I called it then, you know, just get the music to the finished point, the mastering point, give it, you know, they pay me for studio time or mixing time, whatever, give them the finished product at that point, and then they got to take it from there. You know, so I didn't promise anything about promotion, Mm. nothing i couldn't do that i opted i took a back seat from anything like that right because i realized i couldn't do both you know but now uh with john uh they said well i'll t i'll help you i'll get it come in with it um and it's just been so much better like i say i've realized just having another person there how how much I was losing momentum when I was just doing it on my own. Cause you know, just phoning each other mm. every day or so about what's happening. Um, it means you, I'm not losing track of what's going on, you know, what opportunities are there, you know, how we can move it on. Um, you know, that's it really, you know, and Definitely if I, and, and if I go, if, if one of us goes on a bit of a dip, you know, we don't drop the ball then either, you know, the other person can pick it up. You know. That's it, man. So, uh, have you, how many artists have you got? Are you signing artists, or are you just doing albums off the well, uh, the label? Or what's the plan? We've got. We already because, like I said, I'd uh, done quite a number of years without um, putting things out officially. I've actually got quite a, a hefty back catalogue. You know, well, I don't know about. I've got about nine or ten albums that I'm going to start putting out from the back catalogue. Oh, but cool. also, I've got. Uh, the new stuff that is ready to go out that hasn't, there's never seen the light of day ever. So I've got uh, this one with me and John, you know, Kirk's one is out this year. Um, I've got this, I'm working on this thing with a Manchester poet called Mike Gary. He's, he's pretty well known. He's like, as poets go, you know, he's a professional poet. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> already <laughs> making money out yeah, he of doing did the, He did the Manchester bomb poet, didn't he? Manchester. Yeah. He did the one about uh, Tony Wilson as well. He got he, he was a yeah. number one actually. He's a number one hit. Was it? Yeah. What was it called? That one about uh, I don't. It was like a manktastic production. It's like Sean Ryder was 
Oh, he, yeah. Loads of people different did a different line of the poem. Yeah, yeah. it's all like the 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 usual suspects. Terry Christian. <laughs> all uh, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. Yeah, no, yeah. The yeah. word. Yeah, everybody <laughs> did a different line, but it was his poem. Anyway, he's done, he's done a really beautiful album. I was, I was mixing it last night with um, with Will, the engineer at the studio. Uh, it's with him and a string quartet, and then me uh, putting stuff on top of it. And actually, we've got Rob Turner's played some drums on it. It's, um, that's sounding really good. So there's there's new stuff and there's old stuff. Basically, that's the answer. Is there stuff we can pull up on the on the Tinter webs? To, yeah. To some, like, is, yeah. Are we on the site here? Is this? That's is this... the Limefield site. So that's got a few things. Yeah. So there's John's at the top. Oh yeah. That's John's. Uh, well, that's a picture of John. That's not his album cover. And then uh, next to that, the blue and white one. That's uh, the Oldham Tinkers. Like these really old guys. Yeah, that, um, yeah, so who are they? Then? They won't mind me saying that. They were like they're sort of like folk legends. They they did uh, they're pretty well known in British British folk. So they did a lot of albums on Topic Records, which is like a British folk label that started in like the fifties, I think. Right. Um. But I've got a long sort of history with them. Uh, they were there was like a folk session in Middleton. There still is. And I used to go to it, it on a Monday nights. I used to like it because it wasn't my field. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I used to go down and it wasn't like uh, there was no, I'd, I could listen to it. You know, when, when you kind of, or at least then, when, when something is in your field, you're kind of a bit more picky about. Yeah, you oh, this sort is, of critique it. Yeah, and, yeah you I know. So I liked going to the folk nights because that sort of fell quite a bit more outside of my, now I'm kind of a lot more uh, savvy about uh, that world in a way. But I used to go down there, and uh, one of the guys that was there was this was one of the fellas from the Olden Tinkers. This guy called John Howarth, who's an amazing character. He's just great. He used to do some like monologues, you know, those kind of folky uh, monologues, you know. Um, the day war broke out, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah, that kind of, yeah, it's yeah. just, but amazing. It's an amazing storyteller. You know, okay. I, I was going to try and do it. I'm not even going to, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, do, I have no way that I could do John Howarth justice. There's a couple of uh, monologues on that album. I brought one actually for you. I've got a present for you. Ooh, I like presents. That'll be done, isn't it? Yeah, presents well. are cool, man. Oh. So, so that's. Um, so is this, this is out then? This is right? out. That came out nice. like about four weeks ago. Um, so that's the Limefield thing. So that sort of just dropped in in our, our lap. You know, we were already nice. get, gearing up to put other things out, but uh, it's good, man, isn't it? It's deep, isn't it? I feel shit, like have you, yeah. have you, you've heard it, then, Kirk. Have yeah, yeah. Listened? The right. reason I, know them anyway, I yeah. really appreciated them them coming to us. I mean, they came to us because they didn't have anywhere else to go. Actually, because they right. went to Topic, which is their previous. Uh, their label that had put stuff out since the 60s and they didn't want to put it out because uh, Topic now is uh, it's a sort of story about how thing Topic Records began almost as a as a totally kind of socialist almost communist coming from the communist party things were different back then it's like the 30s 40s you right. know it's the people had it was about soaking up go, people going out there recording what was on the streets you know the music of the people what people were making mm. and just guys going out with one tape recorder and a mic and just doing the just what is happening you know what i mean mm. uh, and cut to like 2021 it's become just like all the rest you know what i mean <laughs> like a, a bank it's become like barclays bank uh, right, yeah because okay. it's been assimilated by other companies blah yeah. blah 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 so anyway, they would they didn't want to put it out. So, um, and we were already just starting to get geared up then as a label. So what I did was I mixed it. I didn't they didn't record it at mine, but it's pretty simple anyway. It's just three of them: uh, guitar, mandolin, um, voice, a bit of a court, a bit of concertina. Right. Um. So I mixed it, but I also sequenced the track. I picked the tracks. They had about twenty five tracks. I picked the ones that I thought would work together and there's some amazing stuff on there it's like to me it's like uh 
it's like a message from the elders or something. You know, ah, that's the way I, okay. that's the way I feel it. You know, the the songs that they, what they're singing about on that album. Like the first track is about um, called Alfin, which is about this bit, this mountain, this hill that's like between Oldham and Ashton. You can see it from a lot of parts of Manchester. It's not a massive mountain. Obviously, it's one of the Pennines, but yeah. it's a it's a it's a feature in the landscape. Um, so that's one example. You know, to me, that's the depth of of things on it. You know, something like that. It could be on a on a an album of uh, Australian Aborigines or something. You know, they're talking about the landscape, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. And they're talking about Alfin as a as a personality in that song. You are Alfin. You can see all around you. They say, um, and there's other stuff on it. Like there's one about uh, Annie Kenny. There's this uh, suffragette who's from Oldham. She wasn't uh, sort of from a posher background like the Pankhurst nothing they, they were fine but mm. she was for just a, a an ordinary mill girl who'd like been through she lost a finger in one of the machines everything and she she but she was really bright and she taught herself and she ended up uh becoming one of the heads of the movement in London you know so it's a song by these three old Oldham guys some they're in the like late 70s i'm not i think one of them might be 80 i'm not even sure but talking about like you know like uh the women and the women's rights and and the fight the struggle and all of this kind of stuff Um, yeah they're the real deal aren't they it's a beautiful thing when you see them live you know yeah the real deal and like i say he's an amazing storyteller it's like a fine wine you know they've been doing it for as well but it's just in them do you know what i mean yeah yeah. you're seeing like no you're not just seeing them for that 10 minutes you're seeing them for the what they've put in for the past 60 years you, yeah, know, you can yeah. feel that you know you can feel it's a real it fitted into what, I've, to what for me like with the with the label you know like with the core with john and charlie's teacher yeah i've i've listened to a lot of music from around the world for like the last 20 years at least mm. uh, that's been a big part of what i've enjoyed and part of the reason i enjoy it is because a lot of that music, it's not been made like a lot of the Western music on some, like, especially in, it's got more and more like that with the music colleges. People are making music with this sort of career path mm. in front, you know what I mean? If we do this and we've just got to get a website, we've got to do this, and then we get on this ladder and we do this, you know what I mean? We get on Radio 6. And I understand all of that, but it, I appreciate the music, some of the music from around the world because it's been, it's been made for, um, n- nutrition more yeah. than you know than it's like t- people need it you like music and that's really what music is about for me and I'm not saying people don't make music like that around here of course they do you know you, we, we, me and you have been to a lot of nights and we know that's the truth of mm. it you know like go to open mic nights or whatever people are looking for something from the music and the sharing of it which is about the community and uh, human it's a human thing so with Limefield, all the press releases, um, even from when I first started it 10 years ago, I've always just been like, there's only one genre, like world folk, you know, music for the people of the world. And so that's, the, having the olden things on there was great for me because it, it immediately stretched it out um, generation-wise as well, because that's a big thing in our society, I think. There's a di- disconnect. Yeah. You know, we, we there's a massive undervaluing of uh you're not even using that resource of that old wisdom you know mm. especially since the internet it's like now we kind of we've got it all down you know what i mean we can uh and they're a bit disconnected from that because they don't even know how to switch it on half of them do you know what i mean but it's, so i like the fact of getting some really young people so like the studio we've had recently it's not coming out on limefield because they've got some sort of trendy um uh london label they moved down to london but this band called the early mornings were like um a sort of uh they've got it's three it's a, it's a trio it's a, a woman young woman playing guitar singing two lads drums and bass and it's like a bit like the fall oh yeah yeah it's yeah, yeah. quite but i really love them it's mm. got a bit of sense of humor right really she's great they're great and the lyrics are great Check them out, yeah, the early mornings, yeah. 
Nice. I, w- I would love to get them on the label if if the the label that's good. It's only a small label, I think. But if ever they didn't have a situation, I would love to get them on there. But they've recorded, they've done their, all of their recordings at my place. Oh, nice, right? Um, and having that range is really important. Definitely, you know. Right. And also in the, I'm looking for music that's alive. You know, for me, yeah, it's like world folk. It's about music that is representative of time and place do you know mm. so like it's coming up from the ground you know um that's it for me you know that's what it, that's what i'm trying to do with the label you know nice. and it so it's not an easy thing you're to hit sell. the truth in it you're hitting the truth that's what you're aiming for isn't it it's not that's an easy thing yeah for. it's not an easy thing to sell because it's like what is this you know people come in people yeah. like to see you can't pigeonhole it can yeah, yeah. I but, but i've i've got a what I feel is like there is a character that comes from, if you sample around the stuff that we've put out, you will start to pick up on what it is. There's a flavor to it. There's a, you know, the deeper you go into it, the more it rewards you. That's yeah. what I'm, you know. Yeah. So it's a bit more of a slow burner, most of the things I'm doing. But Quality. That's, what it, that's what I believe in, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. I was yeah. going to, um, obviously, because you've got Kirk's album, yeah, on the I've listened to fuck out that album. Oh, yeah. I've absolutely battered yeah. it. It's great, man. Oh, nice one. You, both of you boys did a great job. Well done. Yeah, well done, bravo, bravo. Um, yeah, I wanted to just like chat to you guys about that, uh, yeah. the process and stuff because it was quite a long, drawn out process. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a, yeah, it was. How long was it? <laughs> like, a year and a half, two years was it? Or what was it? Two and a half, more than that. Two, yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's. I think again, because for me, well, I, was, I was on my own with it, you know, right. the, in the mixing of it that until the later stages. Then it's it was having to fit around me just surviving as a surviving, you know, just doing yeah. gigs and other things. You can't. I didn't have it at a stage where we where I could just devote. And but I think it's benefited from that as well. That was mm. that was that has been up until this year. That has been my work method in a way, of like you you have a, have a go at it. You know, in terms of the mixing, once we'd recorded the original tracks, you know, uh, put a bit more on. What does it need? You, you know, there's a, there'd be like a month or two, and you go back to it. And then when you go back to it, those periods, those breaks from it, really do pay dividends. It's a bit of a pain in the ass in one way. But yeah. they do pay dividends because when you go back, it's like you see that, especially that first listen back. It's fresh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that first listen yeah. back. I would always be like super hype, hypersensitive. Those first session back, and I know sometimes I have a pad with me. Yeah. Because that first session back, I, immediately I would know what to do. I've got to do this, we've got to do that, we've got to do that. And then you would work through that. And then maybe there'd be another break and so on. You know what I mean? So that that's... Uh, one reason to explain why it took so bleeding long. <laughs> yeah. It's come out well, man. Yeah, it sounds great. It, There's like, a lot of great was, people like, yeah. who've, who've, who've waved their magic over that album. Yeah, Amazing. yeah, yeah. So how do you, how do you two know each other then? See music in it. It's just you just know each other from. Can you, you have to expand on that. Though. Yeah, come on, Kirk. Just uh, yeah. yeah, through gigging. I no, I wanted to do my. I wanted to record my first. I'd heard of this cat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd heard of him a lot. And then and, uh, goes around, doesn't it? Yeah, because he's the real deal, do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's Manchester's, probably this country's finest musician in my eyes, do you know what I mean? Oh, my God. Yeah, man, you are, brother. You are a fucking next-level musician. And uh, quite in awe of his, when I used to see him play, it was mm. like, fucking hell, this guy's, he just plays what you want to hear every time, and he's just making it up, do you know what I mean? So there's mm. some other voodoo shit going on with this guy. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But his playing is exceptional. And then I thought, and then I heard he had an album. No, I heard he had a studio. So I had a few tunes and I thought, I'll go on. so we just, I saw him at, uh, what did I see? I saw you at Bloom gigging. You used to gig at Bloom, didn't you? In Altrincham, that little oh, jazz yeah. cafe, that yeah, little jazz right, bar. Yeah. And I'd be like the wild fucking pisshead in the corner, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> screaming smashed. along, yeah, yeah. fucking getting twatted on my own in the corner. Yeah. I don't drink anymore, thank God. I think but, it's blue uh, that, that was the nail in the coffin of your drinking, actually. Been, you know, yeah. I think it was a, yeah, I used to balloon from Bloom. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'd see him a lot and then right. just started chatting and 
saying should we do these tunes record these tunes and then we just started gigging really from right anymore. okay getting in playing on the album and then uh that was the first album that was the, yeah, first, the first one yeah so kirk had a had an actual trio then a band and the first album was pretty much just their sound with me doing some keys on top of it and right. it's, it's much more like a a sort of classic it's quite a not retro sound but it's more in that sort of john martini uh, yeah, it was more bandy, weren't it? We, we were digging the tunes, yeah. 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 So with this new one, we wanted to um, expand the sound a bit and just have a bit of... Uh, Bigger. Yeah. Bigger. Just take know, we, had, we, had, we were talking big things. But, big uh, things? But, but actually, the way that it big panned out was like... On. It didn't always pan out the way we wanted. Like, like, like first of all, I thought... Cause it's funny we enough, always sing the Spanish fly. Do you know that tune? Just because we're fucking up. Yeah, when you know, like the the big plans go to like just two bumbling idiots. But we um the first we I actually started Kirk's album at exactly the same time as I started the album with John Haycock. All right, that, that okay. is yet to be Which released. Is an amazing album. Man. It is amazing. I'm oh really proud God. of that one. Yeah, that is really different. That is a trippy, beautiful. Yeah, oh, it's just a beautiful. I'll, I'll album. send you a link. I'll send you a link. Yeah, to that. you can have an exclusive listen. Oh, yeah, that'd That's be awesome. great, man. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. But uh, both of those albums, I had. Uh, this sort of idea that I was going to do it first time to do things to a click. Right. You know, that, that means, you know, so you do it to yeah. a metronome, you know, you know what it is, but some people out there might not know it. But, um, did we do it to a click? We did. Yeah. But I mean, it ended Kirk up being realize. a complete nightmare. It <laughs> ended up being yeah, the, clicks, man. Yeah. It ended up being a, a really useless idea. And anyway. no, it did pay off a little bit actually when we got Mikey. Mikey Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. So, uh, Who's, uh, Mikey Wilson. It's a good worth mentioning. I'm glad you asked that. So, drum roll. Yeah, he's a fantastic drummer. So we started off. I just got Kirk to do his uh, sing and play the guitar, and just recorded that. That was the bedrock of was it. Was that? Did you track that at the same time, or is that? Did you track the guitar and then track the vocals? We did them at the same time. Same time. Yeah, right, and then yeah. some. Some of them we did uh, extra. We did vocals afterwards. I think we did anyway. Yeah, we did. We did because it, because it affects the way that he he plays. You know, I, yeah. I know that I would have wanted to get it like that. What are you saying? Did I sing and play at the same time? Yeah, yeah when you recorded oh, yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah right. Um, and then I got Mikey Wilson. Is this a mate? Fantastic drummer. He's a really good friend of mine. He's a beautiful guy. He's, he's, that was the change. He's, he's it? even he's even more. Uh, he's older than me, but he's been in Manchester music scene for so long, and it, it, and. He's just like a world class drummer. He, he plays with like Karim Bailey Ray now, and and like like me, he's heavy. never ended up moving to London. Do you know what I mean? He's right, always been yeah, around yeah. here. Um, he is very heavy, and he, he really showed how amazing he was <laughs> on because I booked him and a, and a, a friend of mine, an engineer that I knew worked really well with him. Yvonne Ellis is no no relation to me, but to I booked her as an engineer. Cause I knew that she knew how to get the most out of Mikey, right? And I and I booked two consecutive days for him to play the drums on Kirk's album and John Haycock's album, and no kidding, most of the drums on Kirk's album is Mikey, and th that was the first time he'd heard any of those tunes. Most of them, you know, that that in that day, I mean, it yeah. might, some of them might have been like second or third take, third take at most. Yeah, yeah. But he'd never heard the tunes until that day, you know, and. What he plays on on both albums, same with John's album. What he plays on both albums, he's incredible. No one else could have done that that I know. And I played with right. a lot of drummers. No one yeah. could have played it like that. You know, with the life, it's all it about gets, the yeah. life, getting the life in the music. Yeah, good move. That that was your that was your uh, call. That yeah. So we got that down, and because what were you going to program them on just like a little keyboard, the drums? We had some ideas of <laughs> doing some. Drums. We had some idea. <laughs> I wanted to make it a bit. Paul McCartney, didn't we do it ourselves? But I had an idea. Of I realised I'm pretty it. fucking shit at all, all the other instruments. Right, I can barely yeah, play yeah. the guitar, but yeah, I had an idea of, go, of doing it more electronic. Yeah, right. Okay. But I and I had done stuff like that in the past, but it's a long time ago. And then when I got onto the computer, I just realised. You know, like, do I really want to be sat in front of a screen doing yeah. this with this music? It's not the life, you know. And I, and I, when I, when I've my best friends, some some fantastic musicians out there, and I knew that we could just like 
you know, let's get some a bit of money together. It wasn't nowhere near what what you should be paid yeah. in a world scale, and uh, let's just make this happen. You know, and it was like, yeah, of course we should. This is bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like beep, boop, doop, 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 you know, like on a screen, putting moving things around. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Nah. tedious. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like no way. So that's what happened. And then there was just like after that, just a couple two years of just faffing around, all kinds of bollocks before we actually got the thing out. Um, eventually, I finished a bunch of all the mixes, uh, and it was sounding good. But there was a, a finishing process that the, the mastering guy, which is a friend of ours, a friend of Kirk's, an old friend of Kirk's, he ended up sort of taking my mixes and just because he's he's really super high end. Uh, right. mixing I'm, I'm so blessed, man. I'm so blessed with this what, album. What's this? What's this guy's name? Dave McEwen. Dave McEwen. Yeah, he's okay. an Australian guy. Right. But he's he's Amazing. he's working uh, in London with like he's been just working on like Sting's musical. He's like been meeting That's Sting, shit, right. so you know you have to be like really you know, you know he's just like really super on it. Works with Nathan Sony. Have you had a Sony? No, Nathan Sony. He's a uh, he's kind of his sound man. But he's yeah, re great. really really super uh, professional, uber professional level. And uh, I'm not saying that I'm <laughs> the not. What doing with me? I'm, it gets bad. Yeah, of course you are. I'm not saying I'm not. Am, but, but you know, in the on the on the audio level, it's like I'm just looking for like what's let's make it work. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm, I'm the from I'm a production person in the sense of ideas and also just getting to the finishing line. You know, that's part of the big part of being a producer in anything. Film yeah. music is just get the bleeding thing finished, get it out of the door. You know, because so many people don't finish things. Mm. I myself, my early years, I really, I was the same. And you got big ideas. Everything's got to be right. And so anyone out there who's trying to record something, don't just just get it finished, and then you can make the next one. Some people spend years and years making that because they know they want to make it. This is my album. I'm going to make it the absolute ultimate. It's got to be fantastic. It's got to be the best thing ever. Yeah. And they never make. They never even finish that one. So it's just you've got to finish that one and then yeah. you can make another one. You know, it's like just get the bleeding thing finished. Definitely, man. And yeah. there's a thing of like, you know, doing it and making the mistakes and then just learn from that and don't make exactly. the mistakes in the next one. You've got you to be able to let process. go. You've yeah. got to be able to let go. That's definitely, definitely yeah. So, you know, it's not always easy and it yeah, it can be torturous and there's always tortuous times. Like with Kirk's album, yeah, definitely. And all John's as well, you know. Yeah, it's like you start to think, Oh my God! What's going on? Is this you did, man? You did, you did all that work, really. It was your fucking. You totally produced that album. You know what I mean? Well, it sounds the, great. That's why it sounds awesome. The arrangements, you know? but that 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 end process of the hi-fi did really pull off, uh, pull it off for the for Kirk's album. Yeah, yeah, it did work. So yeah, you, Devin, yeah, yeah, he really gave it an extra kind. Yeah, of he's got that crisp. touch, and he's got the gear as well, and he's got the yeah. Right. How do you not know I mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. God bless him. He. He he stuck to the arrangements and the the mixes that we'd done, and but changed he, one track. He didn't changed he, but... one track, which was great as well. So he, so he, again, that's what I'm saying. A lot of um, great characters mm. put their magic on that album. Yeah, yeah, cool. And in terms of what you, what did you play on the album? Because. I remember when Kurt was telling me about it, it seemed like it was like uh, fucking everything. Yeah, yeah, shit, yeah. <laughs> loads of stuff, yeah. Like, you know, obviously the keyboards at the bass, some bass. Uh, the no, bass, there's some of the bass playing on, on that album. I don't know if it is you or if it's someone else. Did you do all the bass playing on it? Not all, but some of it. Some of it's fucking unbelievable. Not the man. double bass playing for starters. There's no, Neil's on it, isn't he? It's, uh, Neil Fairclough. Neil oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Uh. The, the really unbelievable track is Neil Fairclough. <laughs> it's like going, second track. If yeah. it's like really fast, kind I think of. It might be this any, anything that's like, that's like technically sounds really, really hard. Yeah. It won't be me. You played on. Is it on Love Will Find a Way? Or yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is he on that one? He's amazing. That's the only one he played on. Yeah. I got him. Yeah, he plays with Queen. Yeah, no, he's, so, a, he's, uh, a, he's, a, he's a he's a good good man, he is, isn't he? He's amazing. He's, he's, he's off with Roger Taylor at the minute now. Yeah. It's fucking really. Yeah, really. So I grew up with him. With him. Right. Yeah, he's amazing. I I grew up with him in music. You know, in Manchester, we were playing in the same bands. And you know, this is another one for anybody out there that because for years I was one of the first ones who started to get tours away and going abroad and all these fancy places and stuff. 
and then a few of our mates started to get similar things, you know, and some of them moved to London and stuff. Neil, nothing happened. And everyone knew, all all, all our peers Jedi. you know, knew that he was just like phenomenal talent, but he was still stuck stuck in Bolton, you know, and it made me sad. I remember quite a few times I'd meet him and, you know, I wouldn't even know what to yeah. say because I would just say, look, you, you, you know, something, you know, you, you should be out there, man, because I knew he was world class. Mm. And in the end, he gets the biggest gig out of anybody, any of us, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. it, which was actually his dream. He loved Queen. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So actually he ended up, uh, he's, he's, because Brian May and I, they've forgotten stuff that, that he can tell. Brian May said, what did I play in this song? And Neil's show him how to, how to do it. It's yeah. amazing, yeah. Nice one. So um, what's what have you got in the pipeline with the, with the studio at the moment? Um, well, we've just got the high-speed internet, like I told you after our uh, internet saga that's yes. rolled on. So uh, we're going to start doing live streams, yeah. Cool. Um, lime streams. Lime streams. Are you going to call them lime streams? We should do, shouldn't we? That seems like the obvious thing to yeah, do. It's given to you there, man. Yeah. yeah, I like it's that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think someone's just done a logo. They were calling it Lime Feel Live. I'll have to, just, I'll have to suck that off. Lime streams, isn't it? Lime streams, yeah. So that that's... Um, I really like the... I, I really like the, the live stream model thing, you know... I, there's a lot of things in music, you know, over the last 18 months that have really been encouraging and inspired me. I think there has been a sort of bit of mini revolution that's yeah, gone on. Definitely, man. You know, a lot of it is about reevaluating old models of what success is, you know. So if you want to be a millionaire, you know what I mean? That's one thing. And, you know, and have like a massive mega hit, that's one thing. But if you want to get an audience and get uh, be true to yourself, get an audience and develop that audience, and then get them get enough revenue to be able to make another mm. album or another EP, another songs, whatever, that is some kind of success. You know, if you can live, you know, and be able to make more music, happy days. Yeah. That's my definition of success these days. You know. So, um, yeah, man. And I, this is what I'm saying is if there's enough people in my orbit that are already have done that up to us uh, to varying degrees, you know, part of it is around vinyl, stuff like that, you know, yeah. um, you know, and there's the social media side of it, but with the live stream thing, I like the, like, and we just told you, we spent a long time with Kirk's album and John's album years, you know, making mm. it. And I like that process. We just talked about it, the crafting of it, shaping Chipping of it. Chipping away, yeah, man. Yeah, and it is wonderful and, and so rewarding eventually, you know. <laughs> but um, the live stream, I like the just the, just this crash bang wallop, you know. I like that element it's as great. well, man. It's there and then it's gone. Yeah, isn't it? It? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I like the fact that um, the guy, the person on the desk is also part of the creative thing then yeah. so from the point of view of the studio we've got a lot of nice outboard gear there you know what like the the, the stuff that isn't computer plugins and stuff to affect the sound so we what i like about it is this is my plan anyway with the live streams is it's like anything else the more you do the better you get yeah definitely. so we, we're going to rec we'll record all the live streams and then uh we can put those out in Bandcamp as audio because we'll be mm. trying to get the best audio you're trying to get the sound like a proper broadcast sound you've got some energy in it some yeah. life in the sound um and then the very best ones it, this is what i like about the vinyl model as well because uh, you know nobody wants more plastic in the world as such everybody knows that the, the, the problems with that mm. so if you're going to get a vinyl album the plastic made up you know then it's got to be the very best stuff it's almost like an offering then you know yeah, yeah you know so the very best you know those kind of sessions that we do where people are like you, you know that is the same you know when you do that kind of gig or that performance and it's like everybody knows it's around there even the bar staff or whoever's there whatever oh that was a good one that you know something really happened there mm. something actually happened that'll be the one that will press on to vinyl yeah. you know what i mean nice. so that so there's a there's a i like that workflow um it hasn't happened yet but that's what I've appreciated 
Yeah, I like that. Man. That idea. It makes the vinyl thing, uh, gives it a purpose and a meaning that, you know. Cool. Are, are yeah. you doing the vinyl stuff through? Have you got like a producer that does it for you? Or? Uh, what do you mean? Who's, who's actually who, pressing yeah, it? Yeah, who's pressing it for you? Well, there's various people, but the one we've gone with for mine and John's album, you get these. There's a few people that call who sort of like vinyl brokers these days. Right. So okay. they're like middlemen, yeah. and they're dealing with different pressing plants. So depending on what you want, you know, what kind of artwork you want, what format you want, they'll find uh, the the pressing plants right. uh, wherever that may be. Usually outside britain at the minute but i've got a feeling that the that britain will start to there must be people there are i know there are people now starting to redo that again in britain mm. because for a long time people a lot of places got rid of their cutting lathes you know the, the place in salford which always used to first vinyl I ever got pressed up when i had the, my 12 piece band the big bang it was like a a pure it's called pure music you know, from salford right they're still going. They're in Bexley Square, uh, just off the Crescent there. But they got rid of their lathe like 15, 20 years ago. Um, but now I bet they're regretting that. I bet they wish they'd still had it. Yeah. But, you know, and most of the British places did, so it became a thing that you outsourced to Europe. But I imagine after the oh, Brexit yeah. thing, it's like Hopefully. it must be costing, they must have put the prices right up because mm. you've got to import all of this stuff. I'm really interested in the like the 3D printing side of it because that's, be that's becoming more of a thing right. now um and they're starting to make them out of recycled plastics Fantastic. and like be able to 3d print they're not like quite as it's still in development it's got like, to get the, quali the quality quality is not yeah. quite though, it, it yeah, is coming though uh, like yeah, yeah. I, I remember researching into it that's like, the dream years I ago. Think. that's the dream yeah it? yeah so I'd, I'd like to see that come into it because then it kind of eliminates yeah. that problem in it yeah i like the idea of being able to reuse it and turn yeah. it into this Piece yeah, of art, well, yeah, you know I mean? well, it is the human thing that is uh pulling people back to it. You know, it, it's like an artifact. It's like I've been amazed that people still want CDs, they still want something physically, and yeah, yeah. But the vinyl thing because the artwork's bigger, it's just a beautiful thing. And so, yeah, the mine and John's album, I realized, you know, if you're going to do vinyl these days, you've got to make it for total vinyl perverts, Definitely, you know I mean? yeah. so it's like 180 gram vinyl. This like lush artwork. We 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 almost got a gatefold, but the price was going to be so ridiculous. Right. It's only a short run. It's like two hundred and fifty quid. Uh, sorry, two hundred and fifty uh, records. We that's what we want, um, and it's worked out about fifteen hundred quid just for that. That's without a gatefold. The gatefold would have been about I don't know nineteen eighteen hundred or something. Right. Right. So it's like we don't want to gatefold that much. That was where he drew the line. But every, <laughs> but everything else was like it's got to be right, you know. With we've yeah. got some really good artwork. I like the oh, artwork. Your cover's outstanding. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing, you know, because it's I really like the the vinyl uh, community in that sense that I've seen that as well. That one thing about the vinyl, the vinyl people who are buying stuff. A lot of it is like them they're just music lovers. Yeah. And it goes cross genre. There's a lot there's quite a lot of people out there now that they're not bothered about the genre as such. They just want something that sounds good and that has got that is obviously well made, you know. Mm. And that's what they're interested in, you know. Uh and I really like that. Because yeah. it's like it's about pure sound. And it's not it's not a massive community, but if you can if if you can get the message to them that you're producing good quality stuff and they get start getting the idea they will come back to you yeah man. you know and that's what i'm just on the beginning yeah. of that journey with it you know that's exciting man it's really, it's really exciting yeah so when are you when are you planning on starting the live streaming thing is that in the next few months you think or is definitely still... well we've got i've got one because uh, one of the bands that have recorded at Limefields is this crazy scar band called baked to la scar that we've uh it's like 11, no. 11 of us. I've heard of them. I've never it's heard just, any of the, the tunes. It's just crazy. We, they've got some fantastic. great original stuff. I'm going to get them to do an entirely original album in the new year. But there's, because the albums are like mixtures of like covers, like mad covers and then uh, Such the a original great band, stuff. Man. But it's, it's just really entertaining band. Great live great, band. Great musicians. Right. Great okay. musicians. Great, yeah. I'm Amazing. trying. I'm trying to steer more in like the Ian Jury and the Blockheads kind of way, you know, doing original stuff. Yeah, but do you, are you playing at Bannon Wall at Christmas? 
We are. It's not ban on the wall. It's at the yard actually, because ban on the wall is putting on the gig. But we've got because it's not open at the moment. Hey, That's right. Yeah. Go to that gig if you can. So it's when, when's that? Then? So we've got a, one at the yard on the thirty first. We've got a Halloween gig because we we basically made a Halloween oh. album with them, right? <laughs> right. Okay, so nice. th in answer to your question about the live stream, we're doing a live stream. The rehearsal for the Halloween gigs. We've got three Halloween gigs. It's on the twenty seventh at Limefield. And we're going to live stream that. That's going to be the first one. Oh, nice. So there's going to be 11 maniacs running around <laughs> trying to learn this set. We're actually going to, we've actually got someone's coming to fate. We're going to, it's going to be like in Halloween dress and full, everything. Full work. So that's going to be worth, that'll be entertaining because there's some good entertainers in that band. You right. Know, that are just uh, yeah, good front men. There's about three, four front men. So they're all trying to buy for attention. <laughs> so it'll be funny. It'll be worth tuning into. Yeah. Chaos. Especially that, if you've man. got depression or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> lift you up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, good. So that's the first one. Yeah. Nice, man. 27th, that is. 27th, so probably from about uh, midday, two o'clock. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then there's a plan to, like, just do it sort of... I want to do it uh, monthly after monthly. that. Monthly. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, so, yeah, live stream, as you said. Live stream. You've got to do that, man. Yeah. You've got to do that. It's, I've been in your studio once. Have you? Um, it was like a year ago. I don't think you were there. I don't um, Who was that with? Uh, I can't remember. We were just filming some some sax guy or something. Sax guy? Yeah, I can't remember what his name is now. Rob something? I don't know. Anyway, right, okay. I love the, the building. Like the actual, it's a really beautiful yeah, space. Unusual, but, yeah. Um, did you, have you, do you like own, own the building? Is that your I only space? own that bit where the studio is. So, so the bit where the studio is, that big room. It uh, was part of the big, massive house next to it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and so I only own the end bit and the kitchen. There's a bedroom and there's a, a, a converted loft up there that is like my room. Yeah. So when I when I have to kip there. John, uh, uh, James, can you pick up, pull up some pictures of the studio just to show people at home? Because it's, it's got a really nice aesthetic to it. Have you got um, a load of people helping you doing the, the film inside of stuff for the, the live stream or? Uh, well, me and Will, the yeah, Will engineer, we've got the get. We've known we know how to do it, but the, I think when we do the live stream, we're going to have to get someone else because I think we want to pay attention to the audio. Yeah, uh, yeah. and you know, we can't do both. So I've got a friend, Clive Hunt, who's that busher man. He's on. He's on social media. Who's been doing a lot of filming. He's done stuff for Ban on the Is Wall and board? stuff for years. Yeah, I'm going to get him because he knows what he's doing, and uh, he, he's always he's Mister Gadget. He's got all. He's got right. some sort of camera that will just sort of follow automatically follow people around and stuff like that and stuff yeah. he can control by remote and i don't know he's always got some new gadgets on the go high tech yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he loves his gear and right. his room his and gear he loves his room, room. Yeah. 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 he likes rum man why have you been on a rum session he with him? smashed my head out of uh -huh. once on rum he brought it back from jamaica where was uh, that at my place no that was at uh somewhere in manchester right no, I remember. I just remember what, just pulling the house? rum out. I just remember him pulling the rum out, and that was it. Game over. Waking up the next day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Clive, but he's a great bass player, isn't he? I think he's isn't his heritage like Barbados. I think I don't think it's what Jamaica. It, it might be there. Yeah. There might be Barbados. Yeah. Then, yeah. So this is the studio, sure. isn't it? So that's the main. Yeah. You got the main room. That's there, the main room. It? Yeah. 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 Um, so that's where stuff goes on. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah, it's good. I think it's it's been getting better all the time as well. One thing the engineers really got going in there is the he's put he's got some really good room mics now. It's really so because that really is the the identity in a way, sound wise. Yeah, the it's best, a character. Isn't it's it? the yeah. most characterful thing that that is different, if you like. Yeah, it's got So you've got to maximize, especially these days. There's so many good studios in Manchester. You know, it really is. You know, it's mm. been great. It's like. When I was starting in music, that's partly why I got a studio, is that there were a lot of people, well, to have a studio, you had to have a bit of money to start with. So there's quite a few studios where they had the gear, but they didn't really have the music musicality. Right, So, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of a bad situation, because you'd go in there, the music, we'd be making music, go in there with just quite, it happened so many times, go in there with the band, try and record it, and it wouldn't come out, they just weren't able to soak up the energy that was going mm. on and that's what it's all about um but now 
most of the studios that I'm thinking of, you know, like the traveling bands, plays like Pinhole, and uh, they're kind of coming from a much more musical yeah you know i got that yeah yeah, yeah. no it's, it's a it's a great little studio for anyone at home that needs to record stuff it's i mean i really like the character but yeah i, I really really like this nice one um i think we're gonna have to wrap it up there chaps. yeah it's great um, to talk but is there anything that you want to plug to the audience at home anything that's coming up that you want to smash in their faces just keep on i mean if you're interested yeah just the Limefield band camp at the minute we haven't got a website yet we wouldn't like to get a website like to end up steering people there but the Limefield band camp is the place to where we'll keep on putting stuff that uh, we're sending out from the studio and then you know there's a insta the instagram where you can if you're into instagram you know that'll keep on telling you roughly what's going on cool and we got a facebook as well so all of that, Limefield, yeah. Limefield Records it is on Facebook and Instagram, I think. Sweet, sweet. And what about you, Kirk? Anything, any gigs or anything you want to plug? Got an album, album launch coming up at Gulliver's. Oh, have you? Yeah, yeah. It's the 29th. I think it's the 29th of January. Oh, nice. I'll, I'll definitely be there, man. Yeah, come down, Is man. it yeah. going to be full full band or the trio? <laughs> yeah, the trio. Or? And trio, yeah. Uh, John Haycock will be doing the support, I think. Yeah. That should be nice to see him on his own with his pedals and stuff. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Might get a few guests up, players yeah. on it. You know, you, know, you need to sort of get minimum guest list for that because you're doing a, a 50-50 split. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you that's know, why... You're all paying. If you want to get in, you know, <laughs> you've, you've, got, you've, got, no guest you've list. got to be strong with that. you just got to keep that mentality. Oh, yeah. Well, they yeah. know you. I met you in no. 97. Brutal. You've got to be brutal. <laughs> Yeah, None brutal. No guess. Do I get on the guest list, Kirk? Or do I the spot? <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> no, the camera's still on. No <laughs> no, no, once the camera's on, you ain't getting anything. I'll pay, man. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Brilliant. No, it's been great to talk to you both today, guys. Thanks oh, very much for coming in. Um, for people at home, uh, we'll get, this podcast is going to be out live. Well, I guess when you listen to it, it's going to be out on Tuesday evening. So I hope you enjoyed listening to it. We've got new podcasts every week. So subscribe to us on YouTube. The man. And we've got live sessions and all sorts of shit. It's great. Um, yeah, that's about it. So thanks once again, chaps. And we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye for now. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to catch up on new episodes every week. Also, check us out on our Facebook and Instagram at Rec Rooms, where you can find out about our other exciting music series. We also have this and all our other episodes of the podcast up on our Rec Rooms YouTube channel for your viewing pleasure. See you next time.